Welcome back to another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baudanzi-Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is a... We're, 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 we're mixed here. We're mixed here. Um, first of all, we uh, had to take a little bit of a hiatus. Um, so to all our listeners, we do apologize that we've been gone for so long. But uh, a lot of things happening in both of our lives that... Uh, Made us take a hiatus. Yeah, so, yeah. but we're back now. We're back now. We're gonna change the format a little bit. But what perfect timing to come back? This is that. a perfect timing to, <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, we're 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 a mixed bag right now, and I think we're more leaning on the depressed side than on the happy side. On one side, the Azzurri are out, and we're gonna really talk about that. The Azzurri are out. We're not going to another World Cup. We actually called it. We did. We said after the Euro was won that... Before the Euro. Before, yeah. You know, we don't want Italy to win the Euro because we're going to be stuck with these guys. And we were stuck with them. And look what happened. Um, yeah, beyond belief. Still lost for words. Still lost for words. I think we're five days after the game's been played and we're still lost for words. Yeah, we're still know. lost for words. We're still depressed. So that's on one side. But on the other side, uh, we witnessed history on Sunday. Canada qualifying for only their second World Cup and their first since 1986. Juliano and I weren't even around the last time Canada was in the World Cup. So this is our first World Cup with Canada. Yes. Uh, we're so excited for them. Uh, and, you know, we're so proud of these boys for uh, conquering the CONCACAF qualification. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So you can understand that our heart is really yeah, torn for, right now. For me personally, it was hard to... Enjoy the Canada victory, even though yeah. it was such a momentous victory. Yeah. But, you know, it was so hard to yeah. enjoy I mean, it because of what yeah. what happened in the Italy game. I'm very proud of Canada. I'm oh, happy. 100%. We're going to follow them. We're going to support them 110%. But for for me, it's just not the same. Yeah, it's we, not the same. <clears throat> you know, all my life, I know for you too, yeah. it's always been Azzurri, 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 Italy, Italy, Italy. That that That's who comes to mind first for us, and that's... You know that's who we that's who we support because when Italy goes to a tournament, you expect big things. Yeah, Canada, yeah. you're just happy to be there. Yeah. And how it all happened so quick. Italy got eliminated the next day. Canada, yeah, pretty much in. So yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's a mixed bag. So, but you know what? It's very it's a very amazing achievement for Canada, which we will talk about later. But we got to get we got to get the demons out of the way first. <laughs> we got to talk about Italy. Uh, I mean, told you so. Yeah, I we did, and even when you look back, Giuliano, at our la- at our podcast right after Italy won the Euro, well, even before the Euro, let's go back to let's go back to that podcast yeah, that yeah. we ran before the Euro. We said when we previewed it, this is a this is going to see what Italy can do and build towards winning the World Cup in Qatar 2022. That is, was always the mission, and getting us back there first and foremost, and then doing something. So. We also said, though, if you go back to that episode, winning might be a problem because if we win the World Cup, we're going to be stuck with these guys that we know need to go, like a Chiellini, like a Benucci. We, like yeah, we, just to name just to name a few, not to pick yeah. on them, but yeah, 100%. Italy has a problem of letting go of players of the past. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's a big trend for teams after they win a tournament. There's always that downward spiral. Yeah, there always is that downward spiral. And we even said after they won, and it's coming it's coming to Rome podcast, that we're happy they won. They've definitely punched above their weight, but the project's not done. It's not a finished product. You got to get rid of the dead weight. For those that serve, thank you very much, but you got to move on. And they didn't move on. And they struggled mightily in those games against Switzerland. I mean, they dominated both games. And everyone says, oh, you know, we missed the, the penalties of difference. Well, you know, it. that's not it. That's not it. The fact is you dominated these games, but you couldn't get the job done. You needed a, you need, you, you were given a chance of a penalty and still couldn't go through. That's a mess. You should have won those games before needing a penalty. With Bulgaria, you let in a soft goal. Thank you very much, Florenzi. And then you force a tie there because you can't score more than one goal against Bulgaria. And in Northern Ireland, you can't even beat them. You, you can't score. You tie 0-0. Zero, zero. You, you had every opportunity to book your place in the World Cup before these playoffs. So Italy against Macedonia basically just was the icing on the cake. Really, yeah. the cake had already been baked, prepped, was already out of the oven. Saying Italy's not going to the World Cup, 
and the Macedonians just put the icing on it. And credit to them. They came in, they they played their game, and we wish them all the best against Portugal. That's what you, it. What are you going to say? At least we're not going to give the Portuguese community here some ammunition against the Italian Exactly. I'd rather lose to Macedonia <laughs> and not play Portugal because realistically, if if we scrape by Macedonia, this squad's not beating that Portuguese team. There's no way. No, I, I There's no way. I not in Lisbon, no way. And that would have been way too much ammunition for our Portuguese friends. and That would have been more heartbreaking. Yeah, to lose to Ronaldo, I wouldn't be able to stomach that. But let's get down to the... I know people probably listen to many podcasts, we listen have. to things on YouTube about what they think the problems with Italy are. I mean, we're going to give our opinion, obviously, and we think it's a bit different from a lot of people. Yeah, I and, mean, uh, yeah, like, we listen to everybody. Listen to the Italian football podcast. We listen to IFTV's opinion. Yeah, Gabriel Marcotti. Gabriel Marcotti. Um, we listen to a ton of different opinions. And yeah, ours is, ours is a different approach. I mean, uh, a lot of people in Italy, sh- it's a mixed bag. A lot of people in Italy are saying, you know, Mancini, it's time to go. You didn't qualify for the World Cup. That's where I sit. But I'm shocked with the amount of people that are saying, the guy won us a Euro, give him another chance. I'm not happy with that because at the end of the day, you want us a Euro. You're ever you're gonna be you're you're gonna be in the history books forever, and you're gonna they're gonna build a statue in in the in the heart of Rome for you because you brought Italy only our second European Championship ever. And congratulations for that. But at the end of the day, we are Italia. We are the Azzurri. We are in a, we are a powerhouse. We are we are a world football power, and we belong in the World Cup. And you couldn't get that job done. At the end of the day, Italy not going to the World Cup is a, seen as a disaster, and you have to go. I agree. I think. I agree. I think regardless of winning the Euro, I agree. He he needs to step down. I understand people are going to be now. This is where you're saying, oh, don't blow it up. The project, all this, you know, that's to me, that's not blowing up the project. It's Mancini had multiple opportunities to get Italy through. Okay. Yeah. We we compare. Let's compare this qualifying campaign to Ventura's. Ventura had Spain to deal with. Yeah. Mancini had Switzerland to deal with. Okay. Uh, we had a we had a playoff against Macedonia with Mancini. Ventura had a playoff against Sweden. Much harder opposition. And Mancini blew the shit the bed. Yes, yeah. he won the Euro. But if you take away that, I know you can't just take away. But if you were to take it away, it's it's an absolute failure. And it's in the past. We gotta. We gotta forget about the past because there's been so many examples within this century, the last twenty years, of coaches that have won and then the team dramatically drops off, and they've held on maybe too long. Like Yogi Lowe, Vincent Del Bosque at Spain, uh, France, the same thing. Uh, Roger Lemaire, you know, yeah. um, these guys all won, and then after that win, they were they I think either didn't make a world cup or they made the world cup but they got knocked out in the group stages yeah. same with marcello uh lippi i know he stepped down don't yeah. he came in and then 2010 he came back and it was yeah. it was horrendous but just because you want something in the past doesn't give you i think the right to coach in the future mancini in this game alone and we'll we'll start with the game where he made mistakes but in this game alone he made a multitude of mistakes yeah. and to me what was the telling sign? Christian and I, of course, have been following City, uh, you know, all season in depth. And the second Mancini, he saw that the team wasn't clicking up top. He started raising his hands in the air. And I'm like, great. That was the biggest telling sign because that's a guy he's, he didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. But to us who've been looking at it, and we're not managers. We don't have no UEFA license. It's a manager. Saw this anything. coming. Saw this coming from a mile away. How yeah. Mancini was caught by surprise that this team was struggling to score goals, break down teams, is beyond me. Yeah. Anybody who gave an ounce of energy to watching City, I would know these players that were on the field were going to struggle and would not be capable yes. of breaking down a team that sits back. Yes, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, it all starts with the call-ups, with, with leaving certain players at home. And it's baffling. I mean, you're struggling... Roberto Mancini, let's start from the top. Roberto Mancini, his number nine has to be a target man, okay? His target man doesn't run at the ball. In this right? in this game, yes. In this game, okay? So you put a guy that 
scores none of his goals as a target man in Chido Immobile up top. Chido Immobile has what twenty goals this season, more than that. It's, it's a guy that can score goals. It's a guy that can score goals. It, it's and when for those of you that follow Chido, he either scores from the penalty spot or he scores running at the ball. How many times have we said that too? A lot of times. And does Mancini? And we've said this. Why does why doesn't Mancini set up the team so that Chido? is being used to his strengths. Yeah. Why are we trying to suffocate teams in their end? Yeah. And we're playing with a striker that's not a poacher. Absolutely. There's there was no poacher. You look at that look in that squad. The only poacher we had was Hurt, Skamaka. Yeah. That guy was the answer, but he got hurt. But Mancini didn't set himself up properly because he didn't bring another poacher in. There is a poacher there. I know it's controversial, but I honestly think that if you with Skamaka hurt, you bring in Mario Balotelli, you, there's gonna be a goal or two in that Macedonia game and we're not talking about this. No, I know. I think it's crazy to talk about him, but he yeah. would he would be the answer in a situation like this because of even his size. Gra- even bring Graziano Pelle out of retirement. <laughs> could Pavoletti he, is the Pavoletti? There's the, the other one that's answer. There's another the answer. Right in yeah. City, yeah. But the the sickening thing Mattia is Destro. Mattia Destro, yes, he can win a header. I know these guys are all they're not playing at big teams, but there's no more Italians in big teams yeah. anyway. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know it's hold a on. bit it's a bit of extreme. No, no, no. But hold on there. They don't bring on Pavoletti, who's a hitman. They don't call up Pavlati, who's hit, man. They don't call up Destro, who's got over 10 goals this season. Instead, you decide to naturalize Joao Pedro, who's playing on one of the worst teams in City, who Pavoletti is a teammate of, and you call him instead. That's a slap in the face to Pavoletti, yeah. That's a slap in the face to Pavoletti, number one. Number two, Joao Pedro's not a hit, man. He's not a hit, man. No. And he hasn't done anything since the turn of the year. He's maybe contributed one or two goals for the whole... This this Cagliari rejuvenation has nothing to do with Joao Pedro. Nope. Nothing at all. Look at the goal scorers for Cagliari in their magical runs at the turn of the year. Since 2022 started. It's not Joao Pedro. It's Pavoletti. And it's a mixed bag of other players in that Cagliari team. It is everybody but Joao Pedro. Yeah. So, so that comes back to Mancini. What... What like, are you doing? Calling him up? The sec- the second the team list was, I know we had a discussion, Nick, you and I in our WhatsApp group, and I yeah. said right away, this team is terrible. Just from looking at the squad, we're not going. That's this what you team, said. Yeah, that's what I said. This team is horrendous that yeah. he called up. Yeah. And you got to look at the form of the players that he called up. Yeah. You know, he kept so many guys from the Euro team. I know we're missing guys, obviously, like Spinazzola was missing. Giovanni Di Lorenzo had to pull out towards the end. Two massive misses, of course, in the team. But hold on. But, yeah, go Hold, hold on. You want to go on the right side there with Di Lorenzo hurt? You bring There's in Florenzi. Options. How the hell do you not call up Davide Calabria? Milan captain. In the starting lineup. In the starting lineup for Milan, who are first in City. First in City, yeah. And he's easily the best Italian right back right now. Yeah. And he's calling up in the world. And he's calling up uh, Florenzi, who's a backup to him. Who... And and then when Di Lorenzo got hurt, they called up De Silio. And they called up De Silio. Exactly. <laughs> Dicilio, who's been in no man's land for the past three, four years. Florenzi, who couldn't get into the PSG team when there was no right backs in that team. He was, I think, going head to head with a 19 year old, and the 19 year old, uh, I out. forget his name, took him out. And this guy's in the Italian national team. I've been saying this from day one. How are these guys in the national yeah. team? You know, uh, it just, Mancini, number one, screwed up with his player selection. Big time. Coming into the playoffs, it Big was time. terrible. He called up guys like Insigne who didn't belong there. No, Insigne can go collect his paycheck at Toronto FC now. Yeah, you, you left guys like Caprari at home who's been a form. Lights out you for You want to talk Verona. about right backs, Hellas Verona's Farioni as well. Could yes. have been called up. Uh, these are talented players. But Mancini stuck with the the tried and tested, all out of form. But Ella's been out of form, shouldn't have started. You know, yeah. I could go through every player but it's a waste of time to go through every player but Mancini for me just through player selection yeah poor tactics I just don't think he uh you know it's it's so glaringly obvious the mistakes he made and now it's on record that he is staying yeah and I think it's a mistake that he stays I don't think he's going to change I think he's going to keep selecting the same players we'll know right away we'll know right away I think he's going to be on a tightrope I think he should be but yeah, we'll know right away. It's uh, what else did you, what else did you take away from this game? Lack of a hitman. Uh, there, there's nothing. There, there was no threat outside the 18 from the midfield. None. When you run a midfield of, listen, I understand we won with them, Verratti, Jorginho, Barella. It's a great midfield, but there are pieces sitting on the bench, not even or not even called up, that could offer you something different. That can offer you a shot outside the 18. 
There are no, there's no threat from outside the 18. None. Something we else should be talking about. No one scores goals in that midfield because no one shoots. That's right. The but they're not. All three of those guys aren't shooters. But I know he scored that great goal against Belgium. That, that was great. But other than that, Jorginho doesn't score. Verratti doesn't score. And Barella really doesn't score. No, he doesn't score. And, he's done nothing for the past yeah. two, three months with Inter either. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Romanista, but you got a guy that just came off a massive derby win that scored a rocket of a free kick that's scored most of his goals outside the 18. That's a threat inside the box and Lorenzo Pellegrini on the bench. Are you crazy? And he doesn't play as a goddamn left wing. Are you crazy? <laughs> you bring him on in the 74th minute when you have nothing left. This guy should be starting in your center, center midfield. Hands down. Lorenzo Pellegrini. Who else is there? You could even ran with Locatelli. Locatelli even offers a, a bit of a threat. Yeah, he had a pull out to COVID, but yeah, but there, yeah, he's he is another option available. There's he, guys we, he wouldn't have been selected though. That's yeah. the point. And then there's guys at home like Fratesi. Yeah, Fratesi. There, we have so much talent in the midfield. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And the fact that he stuck with those three players who are all for me all out of form. Yeah. Um, Every Jorginho hasn't been good, Barala hasn't been good, and Verratti hasn't been good. Yeah, he played. Yes, he looked like the best player in a in a shit team. Yeah, in that game, but Verratti yeah. did nothing. Yes, yeah. he kept position possession of the ball. He was able to uh, keep the ball in the midfield using his body and stuff. But his connecting play in the final third was horrendous. Yeah, and absolutely. Pe and people are giving this guy like ten out of ten marks for the way he played. I, it's it was useless. The, yeah, it was useless passes. He was indecisive in the final third. But that's our that's our best player apparently. Two guy he's had two shots to make the World Cup, but and he's yeah. and he's unfortunately never going to get to play one in one probably now. Yeah, he went to the 2014 as a reserve. I don't think played a minute. Nope. And now twice he's been in playoffs with Italy and this guy. Yeah. And this is one of our best players. I, I don't understand. You know. Neither do I. But uh, L let's go to the defense now. Yeah. Let's go to the defense. So we talked a little bit about the right back and left back, but I want to talk about the center back pairing. I think that was the only thing that really worked was Bastoni and Mancini. And Italian football podcast, Nima Tuvali says, Gianluca Mancini doesn't know how to play in a four-man defense. That's the stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> fucking heard coming from an Inter fan. It's like it's... I don't know if he's wa he's actually watching things. Here's an Inter fan that, uh, that that worships the ground that Max Allegri walks on. So that basically tells you who Nima Tuvali is. Um, what a boneheaded comment that Gianluca Mancini can't play in a four... In a four four back that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard i think bastoni and gianluca mancini are the future and you got to run with these guys it is time to move on from the chiellini and bonucci era um you guys want us a euro thank you very much now time to move on yeah chiellini said he wanted to leave on a high that was his opportunity and he didn't and now he came back and the last image of him is either going to be in this turkey game that's going to happen at three this afternoon yeah or if him turning his back on the shot that went in for italy to yeah. get eliminated yeah yeah, exactly. Where did that goal? Where did that goal come in when Mancini came off? So don't fucking tell me that Mancini doesn't know yeah. how to play in a four-man defense. Yeah, for me, I thought stupid. For me, I thought they were the two brightest pieces in the team. Mancini was a threat on set pieces. Bastoni was also a threat. Bastoni had that one terrific play where he, what he does for entry, dribbled in the box, faked the pass, dribbled into the yeah. box. I think he tried to pass it across the the box, if I'm not mistaken, for a post or. He, you know, it didn't come off anyway in the end, but I thought they were. When you saw the corners, Jules, who was the guys coming in? It was Mancini and yeah. Bastoni. Yeah, I thought, yeah, the rest of the team is five foot three, so I don't know. <laughs> like, wait, like they're great, and they had no wing backs. Yeah. Let's talk about the wing backs. My God. If I you see know, Emerson on the fucking field again, I don't know how. This is again Mancini. How Emerson ahead of, and I still don't understand how people don't rate Beragi. I think he's terrific in. in He's done great at Fiorentina. In moments, he's no, he's yeah. no worse than Emerson. He's no worse than the uh, Shilio. Yeah. So you can't tell me, Baragi doesn't deserve to play in a game like this. He's definitely more fit than Emerson. Yeah. The guy runs up and down the field. He's a captain for Fiorentina. Yeah. You're looking for characters. Emerson provides nothing, no character, yeah. nothing on the field. I don't know what he was doing there. Two guys right away better than Emerson, in my opinion. Baragi's one. And I'd even rate Petzella on Atalanta higher than him. <laughs> I would. Petzella's a natural be a left defender, back. Yeah. He'd be a better defender, and he still offers something up top. Emerson offers nothing up top and up, up at the back. All Emerson can offer you is a fucking foul. And the, the wild thing is Mancini kept using the left side of the goddamn field yeah. to build up. That guy backs. can't offer you anything. He can't yeah. offer you anything. Again, Mancini's fault. 
Yeah. Like we're making a big case to, uh, to Mancini's faults yeah. here. Like he, this is all on him. This, this failure. It's, you know, Italy doesn't have any, I'd say world-class players in their squad, but they have good to great players. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. It's a team that should be, obviously we just won the Euro. They're there. But yeah. again, when you don't play players to their strengths and their positions, yeah. the way they should be played. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. And we all saw it coming once again, because Mancini, don't know what he was thinking the yeah. past half a uh, year the past yeah. six months now let's talk about let's go to the goalies let's talk about the goalkeeper donnarumma's had a horrible season he's splitting time at psg he left ac milan was the was the most brilliant decision they made and letting him walk he cashed in and went to psg to split time with kaylor navas uh he's had a horrendous season he had a horrendous outing for real madrid um, he yeah, had mistake after mistake. Mistake after mistake. He it, he could have done more in this game. He really could have. Uh, as a goalkeeper myself, a ball coming out that far, you still can do something. You think you should have saved it? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you 30 yards out. Come on. That's yeah. more than enough time to get down. I agree. And look at the size of him. I agree. You it know, was, it was a perfectly placed shot, but at the same time, I agree. Yeah. If you're the goalie who just won the golden gloves you're rated the number one goalie in europe yeah and you're not getting to that ball and i'm then the crop the crop of goalies that are currently in the world of soccer all shit then exactly because uh, 10 years ago or even five years ago neuer neuer isn't letting that in peter check's not letting that in yeah courtois wouldn't let that in today no uh milan borian won't let that in Milan Borian won't let that of in. canada donnarumma from every game I've watched him in City, yeah, he is so slow getting to the ground. Yeah, uh, he's a big guy, but he has big gaps in his game, and yeah. that's one of them. He's always been slow to react yeah. on uh, on long distance shots and getting down to the corners. And it, I think he should have saved it too. Yeah, he's obviously I think the least of our problems. But I, for me personally, I don't think he should be. I don't think he should what be cemented. Is, in. Yeah, that's what bothers me the most. That yeah. he's the go to guy constantly. Yeah. Now he had his run. One is zero. Got eliminated from the World Cup. I think it's time, whoever, or whoever, sorry, Mancini, when it, the time comes, start looking at some other goalies. I'll tell you right now. If he gets into City A next year, he's been lights out in City A B. Marco Carnesecchi, owned by Atalanta. This guy's hands down better than, this guy's hands down better than John Luigi Donnarumma. John Luigi Donnarumma. The only reason he's cemented in is because his name is fucking John Luigi. <laughs> John Luigi Buffon was not like that at 23, 24 years old. He was better. John Luigi Buffon oh, yeah. was better. Hands down better. Um, there were so many strengths in his game as opposed to Donnarumma, who's got a big frame, can make a big save when he needs to. But he can't play with the ball, nothing like that. For those of you that don't know who Karnasecki is, look him up. He's in City of B right now doing some stupid things in City of B. He's always on the highlight reel. And I understand it's City of B, but this guy, consider him a hybrid of Buffon and Marchetti, Federico Marchetti in his prime. Um, can move the ball, acrobatic, everything. This guy is going to be lights out. And this is a guy that could potentially be ruined by them keeping Donnarumma in, in between the sticks. Right? Yeah. I think, yeah, it's the least of our problems, but you got to at least give that an option. You got to give Vladimiro Falcone off Sampdoria a, a, a chance. You got to give Marco Silvestri a chance. These guys are playing regular minutes in Serie A. Even Andrea Consigli, bring think, the guy back. I think it's it's open game for for anyone. Yeah. You're Absolutely. in form, you're in net. Exactly. There should be no cemented spots in this team. No. Because no one's shown that they're good enough. No. No. Nobody's shown that they're good enough. And now... That we've talked about the goalie. The one thing I, the one player I do want to talk about that we didn't really talk about that's getting a lot of criticism is Domenico Berardi. And say what you want, he was the only guy that gave us any fucking hope in that game. Yeah, he he was creating stuff out of nothing. Understand, he missed that open net. What are you gonna do? It's yeah, it's sickening because for anyone that watches the swallow, Berardi. He pistols in the back of the net, no problem. He's been the best player in City A this year. Yeah, he I has think. been. He has been. And who does he play with? He plays with Skamaka, who's got 13, 14 goals. He's playing with Raspadori, who's picking up and got some goals. So that tried and is tried and tested and proven. Both play on the counterattack, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Italy doesn't play on the counterattack. And so this is where this is why our argument lies with Mancini. And the other thing, too, that we're hearing is, oh, you got a revolution in the system. There's not enough youth coming through. That is complete bullshit. The youth is there. Yeah. The youth is there. I can name 
Gianluca Scamacca. I could name Lorenzo Luca. Yeah, he plays in Pisa and City B, but the guy's a hitman. He's got an upside to him. There, those are those are two number nines right there for you, right there. On the on, on the wings, if you want to play the wings, I think the wings were fine. We got Zaccagni. We got guys like Zaccagni. We got guys like uh, Berardi who should stay. We got guys like Chiesa who can offer something. Chiesa, who else yeah. do we got there on the wing? Uh, Caprari oh, can play on the Caprari, wing. Caprari, there's... Bottom line is the the talent's there. Talent's there. Midfield. You can name 10 freaking guys to go into the midfield. Castrovilli. There's so many guys there. Defense, we're a little light in the center backs. I mean, outside of Bastoni Mancini, there's... Lovato, but there's also Filippo Romagna. There's also Kevin Bonafazzi. You're probably saying, who the hell are these guys? Watch Serie A. These guys play. But at the same time, no country has huge depth in the defensive positions anymore. Because no. those those days are done of uh, that yeah. style. Catanacho's finished. Yeah. Every offen- a defensive player now is more offensive. Yeah. So Even the goalkeeper can play with the ball now. Yeah. Right? That's the way football has emerged. And I, so at the end of the day... Our bottom line is the resources were there. They Everything were. was there. It was Mancini's stubbornness that screwed us out of a World Cup. And for that, he should resign or should be fired. They won't fire him. Like Giuliano said, that he is going to stay. But if he's going to stay and I'm the FIGC, I need to put a tight leash on him. Because if I see these same fucking players come in after now for the Nations League, the Nations League, I think, is in June. And we play Germany, England, and Hungary. Here's a perfect time to bring in your young guns, see what works. Because now you're building for Euro 2024, right? Which, which we should have used the last Euro for to build. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, like look Spain at, did. Look at the Spain model. Spain brought their under-23 team to the Euro last year. And they made the semifinals. Should have beaten Italy. Should have beaten them. Yeah. And now that same team that was prepped from the Euro is going into the World Cup. And they're a heavy favorite, in my opinion. Probably one of the teams that I think is going to win the World Cup. So, would you have traded that Euro uh, Championship to enter the World Cup? Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. I love the European Championship. I think it's one of the greatest. I, I used to. I preferred it when it was sixteen teams because you always had a great game. You didn't have these teams that would sneak in. But at the end of the day, what puts a star on what puts a star on your jersey is a World Cup. That is the most important tournament to win. And I would take. I would miss a Euro for a World Cup any day. And I know all the England fans would feel the same way too because they missed a Euro in 2008, but they haven't missed a World Cup in a long, long, long time. And I've, you know, credit to them in the world, right? All the credit to them. But that's, that's the Azuri for you. Full of heartbreak. You get these moments of bliss, but after the moment of bliss is always heartbreak. So yeah, that's, that's the on the field stuff. A lot of it, we feel coming down to Mancini, poor player it selection. Is. It is. Poor tactics, approaching the games, yeah. uh, not doing your homework. Like I said, two average Joes could see it for more than half a year ago yeah. that this was going to be a problem. And, yeah. and this guy who's in the thick of things every day yeah. doesn't see it. it. It's unbelievable. That's on the field. What do we think off the field? What are the problems with Italy? Do we feel any of that comes into... I know we touched upon it, upon it a little bit with the use, but who? So maybe let's skip that. Who? Who would you prefer to take over the helm for La Nazionale right now? I think there's only really a few opportunities, a few few options. I mean, I know the one option you have. I'll let you speak to that. But the one option that I really prefer is I I do think Andrea Pirlo can is is a good fit. The reason why is he is a modern day manager. I think he did pretty well with the Juve squad. In his very first year as a manager. And I think Andrea Pirlo has the balls to go younger. And he has the balls to bring in the best players and, and run his system his way. I mean, you look at guys like Luis Enrique. I mean, they're not too far removed from the from their career as a professional player. So I think if Andrea Pirlo wants to put in some time on the international level, I know that it, it, you know, it takes two years out of your managerial job at least to make one run at a European Championship or a World Cup. If he's... Open to that, then I would I would reach out to him hands down. I know there were reports with Canavaro, Canavaro and Lippi as the technical director. That's the stupidest thing. Gasparini, yeah, Gasparini, Gasparini. Believe me, he's not the fucking answer. Those people that think that Giampiero Gasparini is the answer need to uh, need to turn on the TV and watch Atalanta. <laughs> Giampiero Gasparini, all his life, has played three five two, nothing else. He's been figured out, and that's why Atalanta has fallen down the tables because they've been figured out. There's no plan B for him, not the right answer. 
But who, in your opinion, is the right answer? Yeah, I think I agree. We got to go younger. I think Mancini. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not official yet. Or he could leave I mean, after. He could the, still leave. He could still leave because it's still so fresh. The uh, the wounds, but I mean, Pirlo. I agree. I think he'd it'd be a good run. Me personally, my number one would be Ancelotti to get in, if if he was a step away. But if Ancelotti's not an option, I think De Zerbi would be uh, another, you know, if not number one, number two, because he is familiar with Sassuolo, played attractive football, good offensive football, brought a different style to the city, yeah, that not a lot of teams play, mm-hmm. the high press um, and, and counter-pressing and getting goals that way with guys like Skamaka, with Raspadori, Berardi. So he's familiar with probably, you know, a, a good core of the attack of the team yeah. and I think he could build off of that with with great players you know under his helm I think he could do a terrific job yeah. I really do the Zadby I think is underrated and he, I love the ideas he brings to the game but yeah, I agree I think guys like Gasparini they for me are way too stubborn guys like Gasparini they yeah. stir away the highway yeah he's another guy that has not changed his style he went into that PSG game for instance same style you knew going in this they're gonna get destroyed because they play open football and you're gonna go play open football against PSG stupid yeah and they crumbled right at the end uh so yeah I, I agree I think uh those are the answers for the management position if Mancini is released which I think he should be I don't think like I said winning the Euro gives you any merit to no stay you dropped at the biggest hurdle of your career <laughs> exactly yeah exactly so yeah, that's. Uh, is there anything that you think is wrong with the youth system? Do you think uh, the Italian league needs to change at all? I hear, I hear, I hear people talking about the foreign uh, player quota. I disagree with. Uh, you know, you look at and, and not having enough youth players either. I disagree with. You look at England. Premier League is the bi- biggest example. I think twenty to twenty-five percent of the league is actually British players. Um, so there's not a lot of British players playing in the actual Premier League. So where are they getting their time? They're getting it either in the championship, like we have City B, they're getting in the championship, or they're going across seas. I think this is the only issue with City A, or with Italian players in general. They don't go and try their trade in other countries. No. So a lot of British players went through the German system. Jude Bellingham, yeah, Jaden Sancho go through there recently. Uh, there was a few, one at Everton, I can't remember the names right off the top of my head, but there was a few of them. And that's the one thing. Syria hasn't been at the peak of its powers since probably the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So naturally, we've seen Syria decline. We've seen the national team decline in the past 10 years. It's been yeah. an absolute trash. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So I think the only that's the one thing that has to change is that Italian players have to start plying their trade outside of the country. Yeah. Start trying to get into England, which is maybe the best, most competitive league tried in germany tried in spain there's not enough italy can't be the only answer for italian players yeah i mean that's where the national team is stubborn and that's where i think they need to open their mind a little bit is because if you don't ply your trade in italy you're you don't even get a look you don't even get a look i mean graziano pelle a big example was one of the best players in the dutch league in his peak scoring almost a goal a game he was overlooked he was he wasn't even considered uh, I, to a lesser extent, uh, no, yeah, yes and no. And to a lesser extent, Sebastian Javinko l- lights out an MLS, didn't even get a look. Vincenzo Grifo. Got Vincenzo his. Grifo doesn't even get a real look because he plays in the Bundesliga. Daniel Caligiuri didn't get it. Yeah, didn't, didn't really get. He he came in for one camp mm-hmm. under Conte. That's it because he played for Wolfsburg at the time. He was one of the best right backs, attacking minded right backs in the in the in the world at that point. Yeah, and. He didn't even get a look. Ogbonna, too. I know he, Angelo, had, he yeah. had the ACL injury and, and whatnot. But At West Ham. But West Ham's been, they're in the best league in the world. You know, if he was healthy, you know, he's not going to be starting these games. Yeah. It's always going to go to Giannini yeah. Bonucci. But this is the problem. Yeah, if that, it is. A, it's, a, it's, a men, it's a mental yeah. and cultural thing with Italy. Yeah. If you play outside the boot, yeah, you're. Yeah, it's like your and your chances are gone. Yeah, the biggest example right now is Mario Balotelli. He's rated one of the highest. He's one of the hot, most prolific and highest rated strikers in, Turkey, in the yeah. Turkish league. And you, 
you bring them in for a camp when you have no number nines like that. And it's like, well, see you later. We've seen what Balotelli can do when he's on his game for the national team. We look at that Germany semifinal, which feels like it was forever ago, and how he just dominated them. That's what we needed. And that that comes down to that needs to change. You need to open up your horizons. You need to allow these players. Like that's the thing with the I agree with you. The Italian mentality is you have to stay in Italy. And if you're not good and all you got all these big clubs that think, oh, you know, you're not you're not you're not old enough yet. So they send you down to City of B. So you think I have to work my way up. Where these players are good enough to play in other top tier leagues around, like in the German Bundesliga, in the so you gotta be special to play in the Premier League, but League uh like so yeah. many players can League uh, you know, know the Spanish League. Spanish League, the Who's Portuguese the, League. What's his name? Uh he's I think he's on Sevilla. Cristiano Piccini. Yeah. There's another example. One of the best right backs. We have a right back problem right now, apparently, because they they don't see they don't rate collaborate. Here you got got a guy in the Spanish league, not even th- not even not thought even of, considered, not an afterthought. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. So, I think that needs to change, and the FIGC needs to tell these players, you know, the, and. The, it's not the players. It's the coach. It is the coach. It's the management. It's like Alberti Giovanni. It's Oriali. It's all those guys. You got to be okay with going to scout around, right? If you want to just scout from within, you're fucked. And we're going to talk about that with the next country that actually switched that. And that's the reason why they're in the World Cup, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. We. And then, and part of the mentality too of Italy is once we do win something, and we do play opponents like this, we think we're above them and and beyond these guys, and we don't give them the time of day. That's the the Italian arrogance too is a bit yeah. uh, confidence. Maybe I should call it is it's too much sometimes. Yeah, and it's bit us in the ass so much in the past ten yeah. years. This the Italian pride, man. Yeah, this this crop of players in the past ten years is just. They have no reason to be confident, or yeah, they don't, or to to have the egos they do because they've done fuck all. Yeah, ten years. You missed two World Cups. You know, yeah, you made some good Euro runs, but at the end of the day, they've all. You know, Chiellini should be playing in his fourth World Cup right now. He's yeah. missed two. Bonucci, yeah. the same thing. I think uh, he's had two World Cups, if I'm not mistaken. 2014. I think he was in the squad in 2010. I think. Yeah, and we consider these guys in the pantheon of great Italian defenders. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. These guys can sit at the table of Cannavaro, Nesta, Materazzi. Materazzi. Yeah. They couldn't come anywhere near them, yeah. these guys. Maldini. Anywhere near them. It's it's embarrassing, you know. It's like Chiro has his fourth Capo Cananieri. Uh, I think his fourth, and I think yeah. he's on on first, fifth. Like, it's absurd. It it's is absurd. absurd. You know, uh it goes to show you, I guess, the decline in, in the league a little bit. I do think it's on the rise, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. These guys, these guys have no reason to have these egos. They should be going into every game to die for that jersey. Yeah. But they don't play like it. No, they don't. They don't. So, before we go to Canada, how what's the future look for Italy, you think? Well, I guess Nation League is going to be the next litmus test. Then we got another... Euro possibly for us. Yeah. So what do you think happens? Well, I think. Uh, do you think we even win anything? Are we going to be competitive anymore? No, I think we, I, the pieces are there, Jules. It's just a matter of if we're going to be go down this same fucking stubborn road with him, with Mancini, or if he's got the balls to get through his thick skull. I need to change something. So what do you think happens? Do you think he makes those changes or he's going to stick with the, the same formula he's always stuck with? I want to believe that he's going to change, but I don't think it's going to happen. So do you think we... I want to believe... Do you think we make the next Euros? Yeah, I mean, it's 24. To, right? It's 24. <laughs> it's 2014. Do you think... Okay, so do you think we do anything in the next Euro, possible World Cup in the next... In the next four years, do you think we become a dominant force again on the world stage? Or do you think it's we're in the dark ages now for Italian soccer? Oh, we're not. I don't think we're in the dark ages. I think we're past that point because you have the youth coming up. It's just a matter of calling those fucking guys, right? So, 
if it's with Mancini, I think we're going to be stuck in the same fucking place. But I think if we're with another manager, that there is a huge upside. Um, yeah. I think the Nations League doesn't really mean anything, but it's a great litmus test on what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then uh, what also uh, the Euro. I mean, I don't think we're going to win the Euro again. Uh, be in honest, I don't care if we're Euro I really now. don't care if we do or don't, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, I think that's a great time to prep your team for the World Cup. I think if they follow that path, if they fall, not if they follow the Spanish model, but if they kind of if they bring someone in that has the the gall to do what Luis Enrique did was start from the ground up and bring and a drop to everybody, drop to everybody, and start fresh and build around this uh, core of youngsters. I think we can win the World Cup in 2026. I agree. I think. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, we're coming out of our dark age period. I yeah. think we're we're kind of, I think, on the up. As yeah. much as it hurts to say we're out of this World Cup, I do think we're on the rise again. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of Mancini closing that Pandora's box of that 2010 to 2020 generation of players, just closing that box, locking and throwing the key away and say, see you guys later. It's done. Yeah. And moving on. I think... That will really project us into the future, and I think Italy will be a powerhouse again. I have no doubt about it. But yeah. that someone has to just close that box and forget about the last yeah. ten years of Italian football and just move on because it's been horrendous. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we'll be there, getting that fifth star. I think so too. I think so. It's a bold prediction for us to say. Given where we're at right bo- now, it was a bold prediction. What we said, you know, heading into the Euro. Yeah, it's true. That's true. You know, we know what we're talking about. We do. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about Canada now. Let's and uh, what an unbelievable run these guys have had. Uh, they've qualified with a game in hand, uh, top of CONCACAF, uh, basically playing that Panama game uh, tomorrow night for seeding, for the, basically to better their ranking if they could, just for better seeding in the in the draw, which takes place on Friday. Huge, huge run, and uh, just it was honestly, it was amazing to watch. If you're Canadian, <laughs> it, yeah. it was great to watch. It was great to watch. Um, they've looked, they've looked phenomenal. It's it. They have looked. It's phenomenal. weird for us as as uh, Canadian Italians to to watch them because they they look so good they the do. way they play, and it's hard to. Yeah, it's hard to. It's hard for us to find that because all the years of watching Canada has been obviously not the greatest. Yeah. They could probably beat Italy right now if they were to play them. I think no problem. They're that good. Uh, not that Italy's that good, but they would they would definitely beat them because they play with no fear, no fear, head down, and they just play to their strengths. And they want it, and they want it. You could, yeah, they want it. The team atmosphere is like none other. Yeah, they want it. They're such a strong group. Yeah, they got a country back in them. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah, I mean. What really got me after the game was when they were interviewing all the old, all the former players that laid the groundwork for this: De Guzman, uh, De Rosario. But the big one for me was Craig Forrest, and uh, they asked Craig Forrest what it meant, and he had no words. He was just crying. Like that's how that's how that's what qualifying for the World Cup meant for him. I mean, the, Craig Forrest. We're talking about a guy that was one of the best goalkeepers in the world in a in a time where. There was nobody else around him on that yeah. Canada team. He'd right? get called up even when he wasn't even on a team. Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy for those guys. We're happy that it means the world for us. I mean, it's finally it's the death of hockey. <laughs> Canada Canada has always been on the brink of becoming a football nation. Uh, what the women did is fantastic, and it really put us on the right track. And now with the men also punching their ticket to a World Cup. I mean, the soccer excitement is phenomenal. Or football, yeah. sorry. Football excitement yeah. is phenomenal. Of, of course, the first World Cup we're going to go to is in the winter, though. Yeah, so it's in the even... winter, and the game's going to be at <laughs> 5 in the bloody morning. But you know what? This sets them up. Jules, this sets them up so well for when they co-host 2026. Because it does. what we said with Canada is you need to get to Qatar, get the experience, and then if you really want to make a run in 2026... That's how you got to do it. Yeah. And they're doing that. And I think Canada's going to make a run in 2026. I agree. I think I think they're the best team in CONCACAF right now. Hands down, I think. Uh, the States, you don't know what you're getting with them. Mexico's on the down. Yep. 
And Costa Rica is still relying on the old guard that just got them into a playoff with yeah. the winner of New Zealand and Solomon Islands. No, Canada is an exciting team. They got yeah. They have everything going for them. No, here's the difference. No glaring weakness in that squad. But here's the difference. Here's the difference. So we just talked about it like five minutes ago. Italy, the national team, and it's just a comparative, just to relate to Canada. Italy will only look inside the Italian walls for their players. Before, yeah. Right? Canada, I mean, we've had... For Canada before, We've yeah. had podcasts with our buddy Dave Simpson and, and Marco Maschke, and we've talked about this, that the problem with Canada is if you don't play for Toronto FC, Vancouver, or Montreal, and you're not in the MLS system... You're out in Europe, you're not going to get a look. And, you know, Dave brought that up last year in our podcast. Them that, you know, there, there's so many Canadian players playing in Europe that nobody knows about. And they don't, and they go play for other countries because they're never going to get a call up for Canada because Canada's like, well, if you're not, we're not going to send our scouts out to you. If you're going to, you got to stay within Canada to make this team. And that really limited them. John Herdman, we thought was going to do the same thing, and he really pro- proven us wrong. He's gone out. You got Jonathan David playing at Lille, one of the top goal scorers in French league. Uh, Alfonso Davies, no, no, don't need to really yeah. describe him. Anybody already knows who he is on Bayern Munich. You got Tejan Buchanan's playing in Belgium. Uh, Ustakio's playing in uh, Porto. That's a big example because that's a guy I have no doubt in my mind would have been on the fringes before. Ustakio. He's a t- he's the type of guy that he yeah. was in Portugal. In one of the bottom uh, teams, yeah. he would he would have been one of those players overlooked, yeah, and would have been an afterthought, yeah. But now he's performed for Canada. The whole new recruiting system benefited him, and now look, he's playing for Porto. Yeah, what does that tell you? Yeah, you know, bringing guy back like Stephen Vittoria, who was out in the wilderness, has been playing in Portugal and Europe all his life. Was was once capped for Portugal in the for the under twenty team in the two thousand seven uh, under twenty World Cup. Milan Borjan playing in Serbia. For Red Star, like, th- like think of all these players that are playing out there. We've always had that, but it took a coach with balls to say, "Guess what? We're gonna bring these guys back." It started with Zambrano, to be honest with you, who was before John Herdman. But now John has really taken that torch and he's really given that opportunity, and rightly so. They all deserve it. He's calling the best Canadian players. In form right now. Exactly. He's not bringing in guys from merit. None of that crap. And if you uh, don't perform in this Canadian team, you don't go in the lineup. That's it. And tactically, he <laughs> chops up the system and changes it constantly. I've yeah. always told you this. I don't understand managers that are married to one system. Yeah. It's like we're not we're not trying to learn surgery, rocket yeah. science. Yeah. You know, split the atom. We're yeah. not doing anything crazy. You're just yeah. learning goddamn new systems and running exactly. patterns. Is it that hard to figure out and to teach new systems and for players to get that in their brains? Like, I don't, I don't think give them some credit. They're smarter than that, exactly, and they're more capable than that. Of course, so I've never understood guys like Mancini who are stuck in one goddamn way of playing. Yeah, as an example, there's many more. But Herdman, I think he's changed the system almost every game. Yeah. In regards, whether it be three man defense, four man defense, three in attack, he two plays to the strength of his squad. Exactly. And there's no coincidence Canada is where yeah. they are now. Yeah. And mark our words, they will do something in this World Cup. Yeah, we think so. They'll at least we score a goal. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Let, 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 let's a bold prediction for you. What's a bold prediction for me? Yeah. What's out a prediction the, for Out you? of the group stages. Yeah. I think the last two podcasts episodes ago, no, when we started the turn of the new year, you tell me to make a bold prediction. And I said Canada make the quarterfinals. Of the World Cup for 2022, I still stand by that. I think they're going to go that far. I like that. I think round is, they're going to be what Mexico used to be. We'll yeah. get out of the group stages and then maybe well, lose the first. But yeah. hey, hey, if you get out of the group, like the I'll fact is, that. we're not just talking about Canada being in the World Cup. We're talking about Canada coming out of the group. Yeah. If we talk about Canada coming out of the group in this World Cup, we could talk about Canada making a run in 2026 on home soil. Yeah. Knock on. Wood, glass, whatever you have. Yeah, everyone's healthy, but yeah. I think they're they're legit contenders. They, they are. honestly, I, I've watched a lot of international football. And there's not even the the European teams, the South American teams. Yeah, Asia, Africa. There's really Canada could probably go toe to toe with. Yeah, many. Yeah, and the thing too is, teams. Canada hasn't been here in a long time, so there will be 
that arrogance from the South American teams, from the European teams, being like, oh, these guys are, you know, they're just happy to be there. And then they're going to get, the first 45 minutes is going to be a huge shock to them. Yeah. Our biggest strength for me, I think what's going to catch a lot of teams off guard is our athleticism. Yeah. Which soccer's about now. It's about athleticism. You look at the way any top European team plays the game, it's all about athletics first, uh, technique second. Yeah. And I think athletically, we are top tier. Yeah. I don't think any nation's going to be able to handle us athletically in regards to speed, strength. In the box, both boxes, defending in regards to jumping, you know, we have sprinters all along the field. It's yeah. it's unbelievable how fast and how strong our team is. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. it, it, it's absolutely. I, yeah. I can't believe we're still no playing. no tippy toppy bullshit. No, here north of the border in Canada. No, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. But so congratulations to Canada. We're on the right track. Still feels like a mixed bag to me. <laughs> it does. Italy, but that's, Italy totally fucked Italy totally up. screwed up our our, our emotions. Um, but that's decades of indoctrination. Yeah, cheering for Italy. You know. Yeah, but, we're yeah. happy Canada's there. We'll be wearing course, our Canada jerseys for sure. This is where we grew up, and you know we're just happy to see that Canadian football is back on the. It's on the right track. It's where it of needed course. to be for a long time. So, that sums up. Today's podcast, we'll be back in a few weeks to talk about some city ads, some CPL, yeah, some big we'll cover, stuff. Yeah, the big stuff. We'll cover. Uh, so we'll be back in a few weeks just to see what's going on in, in our leagues. And we'll be, able to dis- we'll be able to break down Canada's group for you. Yeah, the draws uh, happening Friday. By that time, yeah, draws happening Friday. So look out for that. And until next time, everybody, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi.